Welcome to Boutique Builders. I'm Chris Lurley, editor of Citywide Selector, and together with Crystal Higgins, I've spoken to a number of independent operators in asset management to understand the current opportunity set for boutique firms. From the pains of people management to finding the right mix of funds, this series delves into what drives smaller independent players to put themselves out there and compete with the larger asset managers already operating today. In this second episode, Crystal spoke with Cesar Fernandez, a formerly Citywide AAA-rated manager at Julius Baer. Cesar opted to leave the confines and comforts of this role within the Swiss group to develop something he felt was truly unique. In this discussion, Cesar touches on what motivated him to change, the early headaches he faced in establishing Alpha Advisors, and how the pandemic both shaped and then reshaped what he was trying to do. Enjoy. What is the experience like of going from being in that world to setting up your own boutique? Do you want to start off by when you came up with the idea to do this and when you realized this is the time to make this leap now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it was a, a great journey, to be honest. But, you know, um, interestingly enough, the most difficult part of the journey is the mental leap, right? Um, the idea came uh, came uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, actually, uh, when uh, I was managing um, one of the, what became the biggest fan of the, of the bank at the time. Um, with relatively good uh, performance, good, good success there, um, and um, realize that um, uh, we can actually uh, do better uh, for clients by helping um, helping them directly. So essentially, um, we I saw that there were quite a few layers of um, interest between myself, the decision maker on on the assets and on the, the investments and the, the final client um, and realized that that client uh, many times didn't get um, the appropriate level of institutional service. They were neglected um, a bit. That's right. Very, treated very, very treated poorly? So. That too. Certain, certain uh, clients very poorly, you okay. know. Which is very surprising because they are they they do have more muscle than they believe they have. Okay. Yeah. So um, the idea felt clear. It seems to me. Did you did the, did the gap in the market felt obvious to you in a sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've always been very entrepreneurial, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I started a company um, after after I left the U.S. many years ago, um, and uh, and it fell. But it was actually a great experience. Mm-hmm. It was probably the most uh, stressful experience of my life. Um, the most. The most, yes. What was the What was the company and why did it fail? It was um, so. Um, so I work uh, at Standard and Poor's uh, Structured Finance and Emerging Markets for more than five years, mm-hmm. and then I had to decide whether to, you know, stay in the U.S. I had been there for over. 13 years or stay there for another commit for another four or five years uh, to uh, while I was being a sponsor with my green card or leave I had run out of visas at the time I decided to to leave actually mm-hmm. and so uh, I took a year year off travel around the world um, looking for ideas to develop right mm-hmm. um, as as I, I thought you know I, I thought I, I could always go back to the corporate world if I needed to and um, and in Australia, New Zealand, um, I saw I discovered that um, the the health uh, the health market, the, the health ambience, the 
the um, beverage uh, um, business was was pretty big, right? So I started, uh, I took that idea and I, I, I planted it in, in Spain um, and I opened a juice bar uh, with the intention in Madrid, with the intention of essentially experimenting on that and then uh, just growing uh, from there to, to the coast, to other, other regions. Uh, Spain drinks a lot of juice, but it's mostly orange juice, right? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, to bring that. Now, that was the wrong time. Um, so timing is very important in, in investments as well as in entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. that, that was at, uh, in 2008, 2007, 2008, right before the crisis and just um, uh, everything okay. fell. You know? So yes. that, was, uh, that was my previous... Um, uh, my previous experience uh, with uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, so flash forward to, to it's COVID, it's 2020, you've got this idea. The mental leap that you had to take, you know, bearing in mind your experiences before. Actually, how do, how do you think that impact, um, impacted your decision-making? And can, talk, can you talk me through how you made the mental leap? You know, how do you go from you know, what it must be, I'm not saying easy, you know, being, you know, a performing manager at Julius Baer, but there's a security there. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a golden cage. A, a golden cage. Yeah. 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 I can understand that. So yeah. actually talk to me a little bit about So how did you break out of the golden cage and make the leap to set oh, up on your own? That was... What is that process like? What what kind of conversations are you having with yourself? Yeah. Yeah. That was super difficult. That, that was the most difficult part, I have to say. And that's... That's what uh, most people struggle with when they they do this uh, this leap, right? Mm. <clears throat> this this change of uh, of, of life. Um, so essentially, I had to uh, I had to come to terms to the fact that um, uh, I have no safety net. You know, it's it's just me. Uh, I I would go from a very comfortable position, making pretty good money, um, being very well regarded. Um, and uh, in, in the company and, uh, and and in the market, right? To pretty much started, starting from zero and uh, using my savings to support myself, right? So, um, so you know, in a way, I was not only just uh, not receiving a salary; I was actually using my savings too, right? So it's a double whammy. Okay. Um, so. Uh, that's uh, that. That's pretty uh, pretty difficult because the opportunity cost of just working for somebody else for a big corporation, um, as opposed to working for yourself, is pretty high, right? Mm. The I figure that the the years uh, that you are away, I mean, you can um, as long as you you are uh, building something for yourself on your own that actually adds to my experience to my career so getting a eventually getting a job in a corporate uh, uh, bank or, or asset manager would not be that difficult again you know so i have done that again i have done that, done that in mm -hmm. the past so i could probably do it again that's not the plan the plan is just just jumping into the swimming pool and then checking if there is water in it mm -hmm. so there is no plan b right and this is what uh, you that's have, what it feels like. There's no plan B. And this is how you have to uh, you have to approach this situation. There is no plan B. You cannot think of, you know, if if this doesn't work, I just go back to um, to the corporate world. You cannot think like that at all. You know, uh, my partners and and myself, we never had that conversation, and we've been working intensively 
talking uh, every day, maybe 10 times a day, you know, um, uh, uh, and, and we have not had the conversation uh, at all, right? Mm. Because you, it's not healthy. It's not going to bring absolutely anything. Uh, and not even on the bad days. I mean, we have uh, we have bad days. So it's it's a big roller coaster having your own company. Right? So because so this has been the idea came to you early 2020, mm. and then you set up the company February officially. Yeah. February this year. Yeah. I want to go back to actually something you mentioned about being well regarded because that uh, as part of the you know the, the mental leap which you said is the, the hardest bit. You know the fe- the fear of going from having this solidified reputation to going into something completely unknown. What kind of did you did did you and your partners discuss that the fear of like was there the were you open about the fear of reputational loss or did you kind of keep that to yourself? Well um uh, well my throughout my career um what i've always understood is that um uh, and and I, that goes with my partners as well that um uh, what we can take away from any job is our name right so keeping our name in good standing is of utmost importance for all of us mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so um the reputation, uh, you know, I, I do think that um, uh, that people, market players, investors, clients, they do di- differentiate between the entity and the per- and the person, right? And um, asset management is about talent, actually. It's about you know the, the final decision maker, who is making the decisions, who is you know deciding on adding here, selling there. Um, that's that uh, doesn't come with the entity itself. The entity can provide some tools, some instruments, mm-hmm. but the decision doesn't come from the entity. You know, just yesterday I, I contacted um, a client that uh, I had uh, known for quite a few years in Latin America, and um, he was so happy to talk to me. It I hadn't talked to him for over a year, um, and so um, completely distinguishing between. The entity and the person, you know, mm. and uh, we have we had a great uh, talk, and uh, and yeah, we'll we'll continue talking. So, um, so yeah, that that uh, uh, situation with the the reputation of being on my own didn't didn't um, scare me as much as um, as knowing that I have kept up my name um, pristine. You know, for for the for as much as I I've been able to for the whole of my career. Right? Mm. And you mentioned good days and bad days. Yeah. So I'm interested. Today's a good day. Today's a good day because I'm here. Because you're here. Oh, this is so fun. You're in city work. Yes. <laughs> it's a good. You you mentioned so the the difference between good days and bad days in the early days before it's formed and good days and bad days when you're running a company must be, well, quite, quite different. I'm interested in understanding, you know, just for anyone who's listening, who's on the fence or thinking about doing something similar. Could you give an example of like, you know, a good day and a bad day Mm. in the, you know, the months before even founding it. Mm. And then an example now, because I'm really, because, you know, I, I don't know if I said this before, but it's it's great having you here at this stage because you only started this in February. So in a sense, you're at the, like the foot of the mountain mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. 
like you've done it you know we made yeah. the you know we made the announcement that you've launched yeah. it yeah but obviously the reality is survivability mode it's yes. you're still Absolutely. in the in the kind of the, the thick of it yeah um how about we start with you know now actually yeah you know because obviously going from i'd love to hear as well the key differences maybe the bits that surprised you about the differences from managing money to then not just managing money but now you're managing people your and money and money yes people and money yeah don't forget about the money yeah <laughs> still yeah, managing exactly. money yeah, yeah um give me an example of a, a recent good day and a recent bad day and maybe how these are the kind of the differences between though you know what are the distinct differences between mm. what you experience now on a bad day versus what you experienced on a a bad day in Julius Baer, yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at Deutsche Bank. I'm not trying to keep yeah. it too negative. Right, right, but right. But I do right. want to get into the weeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. And and look, uh, so, um, bad days are uh, quite simple. Um, when you have uh, contacted a potential client, right? Uh, here, well, uh, we have to differentiate between two things here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as an entrepreneur, we not only take care of money, and we already have money to manage, right? We also need to take care of uh, client outreach, um, uh, client management, right? Uh, people management. In in the in the boutique, we are all entrepreneurs, so we don't need to. We help each other more than manage each other, right? So that's super supportive, and this is one of the le- lessons I learned with my previous experience uh, mm-hmm. in uh, with the juice bar, when I did it all by myself, and that was a mistake. You know, okay. I learned never do a big project on your own mm. you know um uh just find the the best people you can find for for that and um and it's okay if you share the fruits of you know the 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 whole process mm. right uh because that will be more than just a failing uh failing business right so and and this is what what i i, I did i found the best people i could uh, get uh, in the market, from my experience, right, um, direct contacts to 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 me and and among themselves, and uh, and we created this, right. So we support each other. That's super important for the bad days, mostly. For the good days, mm. it's like uh, winning and losing. You know, mm. I'm, I'm, I have three daughters. I try to teach them how to lose, okay. because everybody knows how to win. But what do you do when you lose? This is, you know, resiliency is so important. Uh, just uh, the the continue uh, persistence uh, that's is, is extremely important. To be able to track progress, uh, yeah, as opposed to just thinking about the objective. The I think objective. you've mentioned this to me before. Absolutely, that's so important. Mm-hmm. The progression is is what I care about. Mm. So, uh, so a bad day could be as simple as uh, we've uh, followed up, uh, we're following up on, on a potential client and there is no response. There's no response, you know, we want things immediate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we want responses immediate. We are we are managing a thousand things at, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we forget how the corporate world works. Which Ooh, has, that's interesting. What do, you, what do you mean by that? With more slow uh, decisions, um, um, need to be consensuated within uh, the political hierarchy of, of, a, of a bank of an asset manager are you so are you contending with with more corporate bureaucracy than you would have experienced before in your career now well that different type and yeah. how is it different yeah because when i was working uh, uh, at you know the, the the big banks i was working for um 
the politics, the politics involved in working there, were just, uh, were just a drain. Was it? Yes, it's a waste of many times. Just meetings were just um, set up to um, to consensuate on decisions that could have been made in a in, in a second. You know. Uh, what were the what were the, what are the kind of the aspects of you know that world and that career that you don't miss or you okay. kind of say to yourself oh yeah the politics to, the politics oh the politics uh, the meetings the unnecessary meetings oh my how draining God. and how how disruptive is that do you think for people in your position generally actually yeah so um well from right now um this is one of my um, my partners uh, told me a few weeks ago you know how um uh, He's he used to be uh, the global head of uh, trading, uh, credit trading uh, for ING, right? And so he told me, look, I had so many ideas before, um, um, and um, and I just couldn't execute them, right? And now it feels as if I had this fog in my mind that has dissipated, that has gone away. Now I can see so much clearer and, and how we can actually help so many more people to a certain certain degree. I mean, we're not going to compete with the big guys, with our previous uh, employers. We, we don't have the, the ability to do that, mm-hmm. right? At least now, but or, mm-hmm. or ever, you know, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, um, uh, but just the fact that those that we are working with are really touched. So they, they really find... Uh, value-added contribution to, to our work. And uh, uh, and we work, we use our experience, our direct experience, over 20 years of experience in in different parts of, of finance, right? Um, uh, to come up with solutions and with uh, with specific uh, portfolios uh, for, for our clients. And that's something that so far we have not seen anyone doing uh, to this mm-hmm. extent, you know, at least to our, our level of experience. And this is this is what is different with us, right? That mm-hmm. uh, we're willing to um we're willing to give away our name to our clients for their own benefit, mm-hmm. right? And if for example the uh, what you mentioned before, right? The um uh, the top manager uh, ranking of of last year. Uh, um I mean it's, it, it was amazing. For me it was it was a Culmination of of a lot of work and and uh, uh, so you're a Eurostar mention. Yeah, yeah, and and I loved loved it, right? Um, and, but for clients to be able to really benefit from that from that type of of skill, it's um uh, it's, it's very difficult it, under under the current the current uh, framework of uh, of private banking of finance of, of uh, asset management. It's funny, because going back to what you're saying about, you know, having kind of a bit of a fog lifted, um, what what do you wish you had known? What do you wish you had known going into this that you know now? What, and you know, the, yeah. from the experience? Are there, are there any key parts that you would say to people, these are just things? Mm-hmm. One. To, to, okay. Yeah, there's one that is super clear. So, um, so there are different ways to to structure uh, a boutique, right? A financial boutique. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go on your own. You can go alone, or you can um, try to um, contact a, a financial uh, a multi boutique uh, to host you. 
you know, uh, just uh, pay you working capital, provide uh, cash, uh, sal pay, pay some salaries, uh, essentially provide the framework, provide the, the infrastructure. For that, you pay with your capital, right? So um, I went into my first meeting with one of these uh, uh, multi-boutiques and it was an, an amazing meeting, right? Amazing, connection was great. And uh, um, now, um, few months after that, I found myself in, in a position of complacency, right? As if I had stopped to looking for- What time, what, sorry, what, when was this? What kind of year was it? What Time so um, this was end of last year. End of last year. And when you say complacency, talk me through that. What do you mean by that? Yeah, that um, on, on a situation like this, what you need to do is to keep trying. You need to have, just like when you trade a bond. So had you closed a deal with this person? Or you, no. had, you hadn't? Exactly. And a few months had passed? Right. So, okay. so what, uh, what, what I mean with complacency is the fact that um, you need to... You need to have different uh, entities just show you their interest for you so that you can actually, you, you, you will be in a better position to, to negotiate, to pick and choose, right? And if you are too complacent, just you think, okay, it's going to work with these guys. I don't need to look anywhere else. Mm -hmm. It's just going to work. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Because then you are, you are just selling yourself short, you know? Okay. It's like, yeah, as I said, you know, trading a bond. When you trade a bond, you you don't go for the only you don't go for the first counterparty that is uh, giving you a price on that bond. You need to check on several uh, counterparties so that there is some competition and 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 there is an improvement on the price and you can sell higher. Right? Same here. Essentially, you need to find several suitors. Right? That will provide. Uh, uh, better um well at least they they will put um value on you as they show their interest against the other the others right mm -hmm. so okay so sort of did you because you, you are you know entrepreneurial by nature um but did you feel that there is a kind of an extra sort of savvy edge required that you found surprising i mean what aspect of that sort of jolted you was it was it because if i was in your position i would think well i know this industry inside and out i know these people i know what they want i've done this i've done this for so long why did it, it it's interesting to feel how it would feel different and maybe it's the business aspect i suppose you are now run, you are now is the freedom is the freedom okay. is that um it's that we can um that we can do what we were doing before mm -hmm. um uh, with with more freedom so essentially making decisions on on the on, on the spot you know just uh, deciding on so right now we are involved and, and and the how do you like so actually how how many you know partners do you have and is there a hierarchy like who's the no is there is, is there a boss no even 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 secretly, is there a boss? No, there is no boss. <laughs> I mean, there is no and boss. And how do you make decisions? Who gives the final say? Yeah. Is it like the is it like the UN? You all have to equally vote. Give me some examples yeah. of a recent yeah. disagreement you've had and how you overcame that. Excellent. 
then I'll find out who the boss is. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> perfect. So, uh, so yeah, so we are four partners, right? Two of them are still uh, in their corporate jobs, right? So two of us are working already um, full time on, on developing the, the project. We are all share the same uh, share um, owners. So there is no uh, boss from a, from a share perspective, right? And we, we wanted it that way. Even though the idea was originally yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I brought them all So in. was it important for you? Is this actually a key kind of exactly. piece? This is the key part of the DNA of the... Exactly. The, Entrepreneurship. That you want it to be level. You don't want to be... That's right. Yes. 